Hi guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Investor Intelligence, brought to you by the team at The Property Mentors. It's your weekly podcast for all things investment and hosted by me, Phoebe Sikowski-Wallace. Now, I know I say this almost every single week, but I have yet another very special guest featuring today. With everything going on in the world, I really wanted to do an episode that was a little bit more on the mindset and quality of life side of things. And therefore, I've asked someone who I know many people love learning from, myself included, and that is the wonderful Malia Price. Now, Malia is the CEO of Life Supports, which is an incredible mental health organization that pairs people seeking a range of different therapies with the right therapist, counselor or psychologist for them. They basically take out the overwhelming first step of having to source one, which I know can be a pain. Now, although mental health is a vastly different industry, I asked Malia to guest today as she's someone who can talk to many topics, but especially some of the core components that both life supports and the property mentors have in common. So today we cover, as I mentioned, quality of life, mindset, and also the importance of planning and goal setting. And in a time where there is still so much uncertainty floating around, how not to let life get in the way of those goals. So whether you're wanting to embark on an investing journey or a journey to improve your overall well-being or really just any new journey you'll find a lot of value in this chat so i hope you enjoy as much as i enjoyed being a part of it here's malia so malia price what an honor it is to have you sitting down with me today thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to talk to me oh it's an absolute pleasure to be here thank you Now, this is actually not the first time you and I have sat down and done an interview to do with Life Supports. That's right. A couple of years ago, we sat down and talked about some of the stigmas that actually surround mental health. And I found that conversation so insightful and just you were just such a pleasure to learn from. So I'm very, very grateful to be able to sit down and do this again with you. Oh, I'm very flattered. Thank you very much. It's my joy. Now, the work you do at Life Supports is something that I personally am very in awe of. I think the work you do is incredible. But just for someone who has never heard of your organisation, tell me about Life Supports and what you do within it. Yeah, sure. Okay, so Life Supports basically represents a national network around Australia uh, of therapists who are in private practice. So uh, where the idea was born from many moons ago uh, was a very small group of therapists who are delivering really high quality client outcomes from the client's experiences. Um, And they wanted to group together and create a bit of a network that would in some way facilitate people getting into quality access. Um, So what Life Supports has now become all these years later is about 200 therapists in their own private practice seeing clients all around Australia. And on the other side of the fence, we handle about 3,500 calls uh, every month from clients. So they call in, they tell us their stories, and we have an amazing uh, group of people that 
basically match make uh, based on those stories into the right therapist fit for that person for their needs so I guess we are you know we know enough about the mental health industry on the therapist side of things to have you know to really value the vetting processes measuring modeling to make sure that we're working with really high quality therapists and then we throw our support behind them uh, in terms of having sustainable practices so they can help the most people and on the other side of it you know the clients that call through that have stories they're going to get a much uh, more helpful fit and take out the overwhelm from the process. So you're essentially short-circuiting that process of someone finding a compatible therapist or counsellor for them which before I started therapy didn't even know was a thing and and something that would actually hinder people from maybe seeking help because you know, if you don't find a compatible one, that can be very discouraging. So you're kind of taking out that middle part for people. That's right. We're doing our best to make that process easier, to make that process more correct. Um, and so that people can uh, really do justice to the courage that it takes to get in that room, to get support, um, and then to be able to progress in their life. So that's the that's the idea. And we're pretty proud to do that. Yeah, that's incredible. Now, you personally have kicked some serious goals within this business. You started off in an entry-level position, which was still an incredibly important role, may I add, but you're now the CEO, which I know didn't happen overnight, but can you tell me about that journey? Yes, sure. It's been nine years since I entered into life supports um, as a you know wide-eyed idealistic um, person jumping into what we call the intake team. So that is the uh, the heart of our organisation, the total magic and kind of the love of my life, which spawned making the rest of this organisation what it is today. So that's sitting on the phones, hearing those client stories and trying to do the best uh, job by them, which, uh, you know, became such a passion and interest of mine um, to be able to have those stories and create that relief and make those matches right, that it became kind of my world to make that, uh, you know, the science and the art of that match and to then train in uh, many other people into that process, into that art. Um, obviously, you learn and fail and then succeed so many times in that process of finding the right people, training in the right way, keeping the essence and the magic on, you know, those client calls. And so that was, uh, yeah, probably my first entry point into uh, looking after the business on the next level. Um, and then, you know, as the years go on and it's a great group of people, the the impact of this organisation is undeniable. So every time it was kind of in trouble or there was a big block in the business and the growth, it was an opportunity for me to put my hand up and say, well, let's just see if I can't figure this out. Um, and, you know, luckily enough, with lots of opportunities and mentorship and wisdom along the way, we were able to figure it out. So I think my nine years is a series of just figuring out the things that need to be figured out to do justice to the business and the service. It's very, very inspiring. Thank you. <laughs> now, although the property mentors and life supports fall within two vastly different industries, they not surprisingly have quite a few similarities in what they are about. Both are very much mindset, goal setting, long-term planning and quality of life orientated. So these are the things I wanna discuss with you today. But talk to me about what these things mean in your line of work and within the realm of mental health. Yeah, sure, look, I think all of it kind of comes back to what impacts 
people's quality of life and what comes to me is health, wealth and happiness. So, uh, you know, in the organisation and the industry that I work in, um, you know, we're targeting those outcomes that people want in terms of health and happiness um, and the strategies that you need to take along the road to achieve that uh, might be uh, finding a really valuable therapist, a really valuable coach, um, a great mentor and that's on the road to achieving mental health, happy families, happy relationships. So that's what that side is. And then wealth is also a part of the quality of life. And I imagine, you know, getting help, getting mentorship, getting support to achieve those financial goals that are going to set you up for that. Um, you've got a recipe there for health, wealth and happiness, which it really is quality of life. Mm. So that's kind of the other thing we both have in common is that we both provide experts to guide people seeking help in our field so in our case it's a property mentor in your case it's a psychologist or a counsellor sure so to you why is it crucial to have an expert on your side when it comes to this guidance as opposed to going about things on your own look I just think if I think about my growth my experiences my successes uh, the knowledge um, and experience that I've gained over the years I am not an island and it takes a village I think any successful person takes a village um, and to deny that is to create a really, really long road for yourself of trial, of error, of, um, you know, pressure, of isolation, having to compile all of this knowledge together. Uh, my philosophy is there's a lot smarter people out there in different areas and my job is to know enough about something to know who the right person is to talk to um, and I think that's a probably a habit of successful people is understanding that it's a village behind everyone and know when to reach out, know how to build trusting relationships and know how to access that and scan for opportunities and mitigate risks and rely on the right people. I love that. And I think the other thing that people forget is that, you know, a psychologist or a counsellor or a mentor, they're not just there to guide you through the tough times. They're there to celebrate the good times as well. 100%. I think, you know, that goes true for any type of relationship you're looking for in your life that's going to be mutually satisfying, that's going to get you to where you need to go. It's built on trust and um, trustworthy relationships um, as a rubric to assess if something's trustworthy. I'd say, do they mean what they say? Do they do what they say? Do they have good intentions at heart? And then do they celebrate when you celebrate and are they there to communicate when things are going wrong? Mm. And I think if you've got that, you pretty much can't ever go wrong in terms of assessing trust and building great relationships. A hundred percent. Now, going back to quality of life, day in, day out, what do you see as things that impact people's quality of life? What hinders it? What promotes it? Yeah, being very raw in my personal philosophy, shit happens. Life is absurd bad things happen to good people. Um, but on the other hand, you know, opportunities happen to everybody. Uh, there is luck. There are all of these aspects to life. So learning the skills of getting unstuck and knowing when you don't know, looking out to external resources are things that really promote wellness, no matter what circumstances are thrown at you. And I guess going from that, what are some of the things, just to elaborate on that, what are the things for people to be aware of so that when these sometimes inevitable mm -hmm. life events happen, what in your mind is something that is 
good to think about to keep someone on track because these things are inevitable, but they shouldn't stop you from achieving whatever goals you've got. Yeah, exactly. So what successful people know is a certain mindset um, where they understand that every day we have a choice where we can either adapt um, or we can stay stuck. Mm -hmm. And I think that is... If you boil it all down, that really has to be the core mindset. Um, whether an opportunity comes your way or whether a challenge comes your way or whether something inexplicably hard or easy comes through, you know, every day we've got a choice. We either adapt to it, we either seize it or we stay stuck. And feeling stuck hinders quality of life. They're, those are the day-to-day things that can build up, um, you know, new experiences, unknowns, um you know, feeling like you don't have a village around you or resources to go out to, that's going to, yeah, very quickly kind of create conditions that are going to make you feel stuck. So going off that, you mentioned, you just mentioned the unknown, which is one of the common things that we hear that gets in the way of people achieving their goals. So things are like fear of indecision, fear of the unknown, fear of the unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you see that stop people from achieving their goal of, of, say, you know, wanting to create better mental health? So humans are biologically experts at looking for patterns, scanning patterns, making patterns and repeating patterns. Uh, so that's what we do expertly. Um, and that means it can be, go both ways. So we can continue to do what we know how to do um, very easily and Uh, end up with the same outcome so whether that's success whether that's you know not success we're good at sticking to patterns we create patterns on the other side it's a very fearful thing it goes against our nature to do things that are unfamiliar to us to do things that don't yet have a pattern in front of us Um, so all of those thoughts and feelings that appear from being in those unknown challenging uncertain situations where you know in challenges that are worth Uh, succeeding in they almost inevitably have unknowns they require leaps of faith at certain points they require a risk that really isn't weighed up Um, because if it was everyone would be doing it Mm. so I think when you come up against those unknowns and that happens in life in all areas of life um, and certainly you know property investment I imagine but certainly in mental health relationships um, everything else that goes on in our lives, dealing with those unknowns is always that place where we decide, do we stay stuck in the pattern that we know or do we adapt? Um, Do we take that leap of faith? I think you want to make sure that leap of faith is as educated a guess as you can possibly make it. Mm. Um, So figuring out what those elements are, figuring out that audit list, you know, when you feel scared or you have a, you know, an emotion, thoughts, feelings and behaviours occur in a loop. They interact together and, um, you know, it's the job and the expertise of psychologists to know how those thoughts, feelings and behaviours interact and help change behaviour. So that's kind of the crux of it is understanding there's an unknown situation here. You don't know how to tackle it in your best way. So if you can clock that thought, what is the thought that you're saying to yourself? Maybe it's, I don't deserve to have this success or I don't know what I'm doing. That's going to lead to an emotion to have that thought. That emotion might be fear. It might be, um, you know, shame of failing. It might be um, anxiety 
as a feeling. The behavior that's going to follow having that thought and that feeling is going to be, you know, for example, retreat or defensiveness or kind of coming back to the pattern that you know. And so the essence of changing those behaviors to make better decisions and, you know, the science of decision making and the performance and the art of decision making um, is practicing what ends up successful. So changing the thought, if you can challenge that thought that happens first, then you can lead to a more positive emotion. You can lead to a a better clarity in the behaviour that you're about to take. Mm. So the question is, how do you change that thought? What do you do to tackle that thought? The number one thing is get better information. Um, The number two thing is attack it like a scientist, I would say, which is have a look who's got the strongest hypothesis. Where are the smartest people out there that are doing this? And have they been able to replicate success more than once, more than twice, more than 10 times using the framework that they have? Um, And like a scientist, that generates a hypothesis that's statistically pretty likely to work for you. Mm. Um, So that's the question I would ask. I would seek out information and say, does this person's framework have success at the end of it? And is it replicated many times? Take that information, pinch it, copy it, learn from it, absorb that, because that's going to help you channel your thoughts and your thinking around this situation into a place where you're going to feel more confident in certain aspects or you're going to understand where there's going to be risks, all of a sudden it's more familiar because you're being mentored or you're copying someone that already has a framework that has replicated success. Mm. That just means, you know, the emotions that you're going to have around that are going to be emotions that are going to precede better behaviours that are going to kind of help you make those leaps of faith from a place of clarity and they're never going to be easy, but uh, you just want to be making them from a place of clarity, from a place of self-assurance. Mm. It's one of my favourite facts about the human brain, that when it comes to the fear of the unfamiliar or the fear of the unknown, is that's exactly what it is. It's unfamiliar and our brains like patterns, our brains like comfort, our brains like safety. So, of course, things like embarking on an investing journey or embarking into therapy Mm -hmm. is completely new. So, of course, our brain is going to freak out. And that's why we're always talking about surrounding yourself with your team of experts or maybe in your case it could just be the one expert and really making sure you're putting time into your emotional readiness but also your educational readiness and your financial readiness. They go hand in hand Mm -hmm. because these, I mean, investing really does, it carries, it can carry risk. Mm-hmm. but you can mitigate that by preparing yourself. That's Sorry, that's just me geeking out on a bit of psychology. No, there for you. that's right. That's right. <laughs> if you wanted to get fit or start a fitness program, you wouldn't run a marathon if you hadn't yet mastered jogging. You also wouldn't begin weight training by lifting 30 kilo dumbbells. There are, of course, multiple ways to keep fit through a variety of sports and exercise programs. However, there is a process to getting into shape and achieving peak performance. It's the same when it comes to investing in property. You need to start by doing some self-assessment of where you are now to where you'd like to be. This would be your fitness test. You have to find your team of experts who will help you along the way. These would be your trainers. And learn how other people invest, including the mistakes they've made. Only then can you start to look at how you will achieve your property investing goals. 
Property Fit assists you with all of this. It's the latest book from experienced property investor, entrepreneur, and founder and CEO of The Property Mentors, Luke Harris. It's the book that will guide you through the groundwork you need to cover before you start investing, exploring all the ways to invest in property by helping you find a strategy that will lead to the ultimate goal of financial freedom. Property Fit is your easy-to-read, practical book, including mentor tips and mindset insights, as well as proven strategies that seasoned investors or those just starting out in property will find invaluable. Visit propertyfitbook.com.au to purchase your copy and get your property portfolio in shape for financial freedom. Now, you spoke a little bit on the importance of a framework what is the importance to you of planning and sort of sticking to a plan look I think I think uh the way that I attack things is by using frameworks so scaffolding structure what do I know about something so far uh what is out there as potential things to know what's going to be the best strategy for me to get to where I want to be and why do I want to be there what does it serve that comes back to me Um, you know, what resources do I need to look at that will help me get there? Is it people? Is it information? Is it, um, you know, the right person? I don't know. Uh, But basically, I like to have that framework. I like to answer that framework. Um, But I need to also leave enough room in there to adapt to opportunities, to changing circumstances. Mm. And if you can't do that, if you plan too rigidly to a place where you're inflexible to see the changing conditions and embrace something coming along the horizon, then you're uh, you're at risk of actually missing things. So, you know, having good people around me is probably the smartest thing I've ever done. Absorbing from really smart people uh, from all different walks of life uh, is probably the smartest thing I can do. But yeah, having a framework and a structure that gets you where you need to go, that has strategy, that has information, that has, um, you know, knowledge in it, but uh, that leaves that wiggle room for adapting. Mm. There's something that we have called our roadmap to success, which I love because it is, it's essentially a framework. And although many people have different goals, they have different strategies, it's something that everyone can follow. And then within that, they can still apply it to their situation and the best thing about it is that if you maybe feel like you do go off course a little bit it's something to kind of get you back on track and still have you achieve that final goal yeah you'd need a moving plan you need uh something that can adapt you need to see a changing circumstance pivot come back um and that's really so important um so the best way to predict the future uh in terms of anything that involves risk is to become an expert in scanning the situations that do happen that in your life have created success scanning the situations in your life where success has not happened and bottling those things in two different separate journals and continuing to look at what are the circumstances, what is happening um, and your best chance to be able to make successful future-based decisions is knowing how to 
tell the future in terms of scanning the horizon for opportunities that are coming your way and adapt your roadmap to look at those, seize them as they come, and also having the ability to scan for risks, um, to be able to see fires on the distance and know how to put them out or have the right people on your team Mm. that are looking out for those fires as well. Mm. So I would say, yep, everyone should uh, try and learn how to tell the future. And the best (laughs) way to do that is by breaking down the elements involved in a great success story and in a great failure. Yeah, fantastic. Now, investing can be a very emotional thing and something that Luke is especially always saying is it's important to try and take the emotion out of it. But when we say that, we mean to not let your emotions necessarily navigate or lead your decisions. But we're human beings and we're built that way. So, of course, emotions are going to creep in at some point. And a part of that, you know, some of these emotions are fear, it's uncertainty, it's doubt. Why is it important to reflect on emotions so that they don't stop you from achieving what it is you want to achieve? And, like, why is it important to be conscious of your emotional state? Yeah. So our emotional states are going to inform the behaviours that come after that. And that's going to inform form the thoughts that we have. So emotions are a very powerful thing. They can be a huge motivator um, in terms of a physical, psychological expression of something's not right, um, but they can also trick us. So we can have emotions of anxiety, fear, which can lead to feeling behaviours of retreating or uh, becoming defensive just because something's unfamiliar, not necessarily because it's dangerous, mm-hmm. but the other side can be true as well. So listen to those emotions. I think successful people do a much better job. And when I was talking about kind of uh, telling the future or predicting the future, uh, one of the core elements of that that successful people do is understanding what that current state is emotionally. So the better you are at actually uh, focusing on what that emotion is, having more words to put to it, name it, um, have you know, try and narrow it down to a more defined emotion. Once you can do that successfully, you can understand what behaviours are going to lead from that. That means that you already now have an ability to either get unstuck from an emotional pattern that's not serving you um, and create one that is serving you. I think that if you can challenge the thought that starts it or, you know, dig into that emotion and name it, then you have the ability to change the behaviour that comes afterwards. Mm. You know, sometimes it's outside support. Uh, you know, therein lies the value of mentorship and counselling and, you know, strong relationships built on trust um, because they can help give your brain some, you know, some different juice when you're in a pattern that's not serving you um, and you can make different patterns from that kind of injection of energy. Mm. Um, I think when you are feeling those emotions, it's very normal. Mm. You're about to make big decisions. And yes, they always are going to hold um, inherently an element of risk, uh, but you can do a lot uh, to mitigate as many of those risks as possible. Um, Having a bit of an ability to self-audit or ask yourself some key questions about that emotion, where is it coming from, Um, whether it's a positive or a negative emotion, and then looking for 
communication. So if you are talking to a therapist or you do have a mentor or you've got a business coach, how do you turn those emotions that you're feeling into questions that you can communicate? Mm. And look for someone who's able to communicate back answers, who's able to give you information that can help settle that emotion. Um, There's always going to be a leap of faith involved, uh, sure, but, uh, you know, you can make that leap as educated as possible. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to listen to that and find that very valuable. Going off that, uh, what can happen when people don't keep their emotions in check and let their emotions kind of lead the choices they make? Yeah. So, look, there are situations in life where you should listen to your emotions. Probably not in hundreds and you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of investments, um, though I'm not the expert in property investment. Um But, yeah, there are places where you need to fall back and just question your emotions. It's going to feel pretty normal to have, um, you know, uncomfortable emotions, irritable emotions, agitated. Uh, It can feel lonely and kind of out on an island because you're making big decisions and, of course, you want to make the right decision. Um, I would say it's very comfortable to stay stuck when you're in those emotions and you're on that ridge of emotional uncertainty, that ridge of not quite seeing where you're jumping through to. Um, So all you can do is try and rationalise that. So, you know, questioning those thoughts and those feelings and challenging it to say, do I have information and data points to make the bottom of this ground that I'm jumping onto look a little bit more uh, stable? Mm. Um, you know, it's more comfortable to stay stuck. Uh, that's true of most areas of life. Um, and so it's a very tempting decision to make in the throes of this emotional uncertainty. Um, but, yeah, look, it's it's a fallback of mine. When I'm in those highly emotive states, where there's a lot, uh, where there's a lot to make decisions about, people are involved. Um, you know, big picture ideas are involved. Uh, the best fallback is just coming back to sure that's an emotion, but what data do I have to just um, make that ground look a little bit more coloured, a little bit more detailed? And the more you can add, the more familiar that's going to look. You're going to come from a place of clarity, and you can bounce back into you know that amazing energy. That's a real palpable energy when you're on that pointy pointy end of human courage and you've got things behind you and you've got someone there, you know, celebrating that jump with a parachute on you, come back to that palpable feeling and that clarity and that energy and you're going to make decisions that, you know, are, are much more likely to serve the future that you want. That's amazing. Marley, what would you say is your biggest achievement professionally and within that, what are you most proud of? I think what drives me, what energises me, what has kept me going, which has led to success um, every time, you know, you're backed into a corner and there's challenges and there's unknowns and, um, you know, there's a lot of things that I didn't know before I had to go and do them. Um, I think the thing I'm most proud of is my willingness to just keep persevering, my uh, ability to uh, look for people that are really informed in those places and just to keep going um you know my refusal to want to stay stuck in places where I'm really backed into those corners that has produced what I'm really proud of right now which is an organization a service that really has a full circle impact in you know in its social impact and me being able to do my job well and um you know, excel through those challenges or just stick in the things that are unknown to me and scary have produced, uh, you know, a really 
real world impact on the people that we help and the therapists uh, that we support. And I think that work that I have to do kind of contributes to healthy individuals, you know, safer families, um, more buoyant communities, and that is a place that I want to raise my child in. And that feels really cool when I think about the full circle impact of just sticking in and figuring stuff out. And, um, yeah, I think I'm probably most proud of that full circle impact. My personal mindset um, that I think has bred success uh that has been a framework for me to uh, coach and mentor into others as well, is uh, number one, successful impact requires strategy, reflection, and self-awareness. So the ability to honestly audit yourself privately um, is going to be one of the most powerful things. Then curiosity. You know, every time you're backed into a challenging place, to choose curiosity is really important to me. Um, It just means you can find momentum when things are challenging and you can start to pick apart the variables, play with them and come up with a different alternative. Um, Those alternative routes to success are, um, they're so important in order to get to success when things change in front of you. I think knowing enough about enough things to know who's worth talking to and who's not Mm. uh, is a very important part of my mindset on success and um you know the old classic maybe it's a cliche but it's carol dweck's growth mindset um it's huge in psychology it's huge in education and it's um it's just basically saying effort makes you stronger effort makes you smarter not knowing something yet but do I know the resources to get that? Um, that's a really powerful mindset and breeds, you know, a lot of growth, whether it's financially, personally, in relationships or just in general happiness. So um, those are probably the things in my soup. <laughs> that's amazing. Molly, I could honestly talk to you all day. I cannot wait for people to hear this chat. I know so many people are going to find it incredibly valuable. Uh, I also hope you'll come back and guest again. But thank you so much for the work that you do and thank you so much for your time today. Be careful what you wish for. I'll be back to sure. <laughs> um, thank you. It's been a total pleasure. Lovely. Guys, as always, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Every time I talk to Malia, I feel like I walk away with a fresh perspective or a mindset and I really hope you got something valuable out of it. If you want to know more about Life Supports and the incredible work that they do, you can visit their website, lifesupportscounseling.com.au. You can also find some really great blog articles that they write on a range of mental health topics there as well. If you want to know more about us here at The Property Mentors, you can visit our website, thepropertymentors.com.au, and you can find and connect with us on any of our socials, which are always linked in our show notes. As always, if you want to take your investing seriously and expand your knowledge, Luke's latest book, Property Fit, is available at propertyfitbook.com.au. Tune in next week as Luke will be back and we'll be going through some frequently asked questions. And this will be the first of many as there are many questions that Luke is constantly being asked. So we're going to make a series out of it. But until then, thank you so much for listening and I'll be back in your ears again next week.